This podcast contains adult themes and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Ick Patrol. I'm Adam Sarasvati. And I'm Cherish. And today we're talking about embarrassing moments in public. So, spoiler alert, we have quite a few of them. (laughs) But um, Cherish, do you want to dive in and tell us what you think makes something embarrassing in public? Um, I feel like you're a bit of an expert in this field. Oh, well, thanks, Adam. Yeah. Um, I would also consider myself an expert. I think it's mostly just because I feel like I get embarrassed way more easily than other people might. Um, And I can be embarrassed if it's like even just one other person there. But if there's like a bunch of people around when I do something embarrassing, it's obviously way worse. Um, but I can get embarrassed by things that other people would never find embarrassing. Just like little weird things I say in conversation or like weird little idiosyncrasies that I have or just a weird movement that I do in public. And these things can keep me up at night. Like, And my brain just tortures me and replays them over and over. And <laughs> like think about these conversations in my mind over and over again and it's exhausting but I'm hoping that this podcast where I release some of my embarrassing moments into the world will like kind of lift them off my shoulders and make them way less on me so we'll it's see what happens moment. I love that <laughs> see, How about you? I, I was thinking about this so I was kind of thinking really hard about like, because obviously we kind of prepared a little bit before the episodes just to, you know, get our thoughts together. And I was thinking about moments that I've been embarrassed in public. But what I kind of came to the conclusion of is like, obviously I've had embarrassing moments in public. Everyone does. But I think, and like Cherish, you can attest this as well. Because whenever I'm out in public, because I stick out like a sore thumb pretty much anywhere that I go, People, like, just stare at me, like, unbreaking, like, eye contact with me. And I don't really register it because, like, I'm very used to it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that kind of... I wouldn't say I'm oblivious to it, but that sort of... um, What's the right word? That resistance, maybe, to being sort of embarrassed by that has kind of made me, at least in my adult life, less sort of susceptible to feeling embarrassed in public. Which yeah. is a good thing, you know, and if I let shit like that get to me, like, because I always say this as well, like, people might be stirred not necessarily because, like, they have negative intent, but they generally just haven't seen, no, especially, like, where I live and, like, say, where me and Cherish study together in Lancaster, you no, know, not crazy diverse places. They might not have seen, like, you know, like, a guy in makeup or, like, someone who's, like, not sort of on one end or the other of the gender spectrum, some, some, someone who's kind of, like, in the middle so I kind of get why they do that. And I think if I let it bother me, I would really struggle just to get on with daily life. So I feel like that's kind of maybe a bit more impervious to 
feeling embarrassed in public. But that's not to say that I haven't had some embarrassing public stories. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I was literally going to say, I feel like you're, I know that it's not true, but I feel like you're impervious to being embarrassed. (laughs) Like I feel like you're someone who's really hard to embarrass. And also the thing about being stared at, that is so true because every time me and Adam are in public, I'm like, oh, everyone's looking at me like I must be like really attractive. You know, I must look really good today. And then I look next to me and look at Adam and I go, oh, yeah, (laughs) people people are not looking at me. (laughs) But you're like, oh, fuck's sake, they're looking at the freak beside me. (laughs) (laughs) They're looking at your beauty, not my beauty. (laughs) I think they're more thinking, Jesus Christ, what is this sideshow freak drag queen that's entered the public sphere this time of day? But you know what? If you want to call it the staring at my beauty, I'll accept that. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. See, like, I know that people I'm with have very different reactions to it as well. Like, my sister hates that people do it, and, like, she gets really annoyed. Um, I, like, but I genuinely, I don't notice it anymore. I'm aware yeah. that it happens, but, like, I just... If I notice it, then I don't know if it's like my guard is down or like it's a particularly like egregious case of it or whatever, but like I just don't address it mentally. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Like if it's constantly happening to you, if you spent your energy on like feeling embarrassed or anything about it, it would just be way too much. So it's probably way easier just to be like, yeah, people, people stare at me because I look different and whatever, you know? Yeah. But speaking of, times where we've had all eyes on us cherish you don't tell us about a time where maybe you felt like there were a lot of eyes on you in public Hmm, yes i want to start with uh a really good one here i'm gonna talk about the walk of shame i had after a night out on halloween (laughs) so i was in lancaster and I was of crime for so many of our stories. Yeah, seriously. I noticed that too. Um, it was like Halloween weekend or something. And so I went out with a bunch of girlfriends of mine and we were going out in costumes, obviously. And I decided to be a vampire and I was going like, I kind of like to be like actually a little bit spooky on a night out uh, mm-hmm. for Halloween. <laughs> and um so my vampire costume, the makeup was like actually pretty legit. It looked like pretty bloody and like I had just eaten someone. I and remember. I had like red contacts and everything. Yeah. Um, and of course, all of my friends were like cute, you know, for Halloween. <laughs> Hats, nurses and devils and things. Yes, exactly. And I'll post a picture on our Instagram because it's pretty funny, like the group picture of us. And I just look like absolutely terrifying. Um, anyway, this kind of goes to show that guys will literally like fuck anything that walks because I ended up like getting chatted up by this guy that night, even though I looked insane. And I have blood like dripping off of my chin. But anyway, he was super nice. And I got like really drunk. And it was the end of the night. And my friend starts walking home with this guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're leaving the club. Like, 
time to go. And so I, I start following her and I'm like talking to the guy I'm with. And soon we like get to her house and I, it dawns on me. Like, I don't think she ever invited me or us like to their house for an after party or anything. I think they were just going home and we just like followed along. Cause I was really drunk and I, and I like wasn't thinking. And so we get inside and we're there for a little bit and I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out a way to leave. Cause I don't think she even wants us here. And so I'm walking over to tell her like, we're going to leave. And I told the guy I was with first, I was like, do you want to like go back to my house? And he was like, sure. And so I get up from the couch and I try to walk over to her to tell her that we're leaving. And I trip over something. I trip and I just eat shit and hit smash my forehead on the coffee table, like, <laughs> like really hard. And I don't know if that's what knocked me out or if it was me just being really drunk, but I ended up kind of being knocked out. And uh, yeah, and I kind of like my eyes kind of fluttered open on when I and I was laying on the couch and they put a blanket over me. And the guy I was with, I overheard him be like, oh, my God, she's not going to remember me. <laughs> and yeah, anyway, I ended up waking up the next day at noon and the girl whose house I was in, she was my friend, but we weren't that close. And I had slept there. I had passed out until noon the following day. And she, I woke up to her being like, I need to go to school. Like I have class. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I get up go outside it's noon that you know it's daylight and there's people all over town doing stuff and i'm still in this like slutty black costume with blood all over my face and like vampire teeth and i had to walk home all the way home in that outfit past everybody on the street i remember and as well where you were because I, I wasn't at this thing but i remember where they lived it was the opposite side of town wasn't it like you had to walk through the town center yes it was past sugar oh. and yeah uh for anyone who doesn't know like the layout of lancaster where we lived to were past sugar which is like one of the nightclubs there it was like a good half hour, maybe even 40 minute walk. Yeah. It was a long walk. And I was like, well, it's holiday weekend. Like maybe people will just be like, oh, she's dressed up for Halloween. No, that's not <laughs> like I was just trying to make myself feel better. People were going about their like daily lives. And I, I obviously looked like I had been through a night. <laughs> it was, it was horrible. <laughs> that's definitely a, uh, one of the most embarrassing things that, that's ever happened to me. I kind of love that for you, though. Like, in a way, there's, like, it feels almost like a movie scene, like, something like, no, just been a really dramatic night before, and, like, you're walking back from, like, the night shift of, like, being a vampire in the middle of the day. You've got, like, some blood <laughs> all over you, like, you know. Like, it's low-key iconic. <laughs> the good news is the guy I was with, like, we ended up going on a bunch more dates after that. He was actually a really nice guy. So it ended up being fine. But even just the hitting my, smashing my face into the coffee table part, like that itself is so cringy. 
Yeah, see, I hate when stuff like that happens to me. And I'm quite clumsy. I mean, I'm not as bad as I used to be, but like, especially when I was a bit younger, I used to be like very clumsy. Mm-hmm. And did not enjoy that. But that kind of reminds me of, so I have a walk of shame story as well. And this one is definitely not safe for work, just um, by the by. But um, this was also in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And... This is when we were in first year. So this is before Cherish's Walk of Shame story. So we lived on campus and we lived at one end of the campus, like Lancaster Uni, for those who don't know, it's like, um, it's very contained. So in your first year, you live like right by where you study and you're, you're not like in the town centre at all. You're on your own little bit of land, basically. And I, in first year, was being a little thought because, you know, as God intended. And... <laughs> Just for some context, um, you'll see from our photos on Instagram, I have like long, dark, curly hair. But at this time when I went to uni, I had sort of shorter, not kind of long for a boy, but not super long, blonde hair. And that will be relevant in a minute. I think Cherish might know where this is going already. And it's not <laughs> the best. It, it's not the best story, but um, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Um, (laughs) so I had gone to a guy's flat on the other side of campus to sin and I tended not to do the sleepover thing, especially on campus because like everyone, it was like really safe to walk at night and all the beds were like single beds. So like I would avoid, um, staying over as much as I could, but I don't know like what possessed me to stay over at this guy's house, but it was like, it was like late or whatever. And so I wake up the next day and it's like, I'm out at about nine o'clock in the morning and this is like in the week. So all like the main walkways are really busy. There's like loads of people everywhere. I saw like a bunch of people I knew because my department um, where my like sort of faculty was, was near where this guy lived. So like I saw a lot of people sort of going to and fro around there and whatever. And I'm walking back to the other side of campus to go to my flat where me and Cherish lived. And I brushed my hand through the side of my head. And then I was like, why is my hair crispy? (laughs) And then I realized that this man had, when he was painting his Jackson Pollock painting, I had a comb in my hair. (laughs) And the worst thing is like, I mean, I had blonde hair, so thankfully, hopefully, it wasn't that noticeable to other people. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, if I had my hair now, it would probably show up more. But, like, that's obviously why I missed it as well. <laughs> and, like, if I'd walked home in, like, in the nighttime, it wouldn't have felt as bad because there wouldn't have been as many people around. But, Cherish, I passed, like, 20 people I knew. Oh, my God. random guy's jizz in my hair. And, like... <laughs> I just put my hand through it and I was like, oh, like, I'm not grossed out by cum and stuff like that because it's just like, you know, it is what it is. But obviously, it's not exactly what I want to replace my shame monster conditioner with either. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was one of those moments I was like, you know what? I just need a bolt of lightning to just take me out now immediately because I felt so, like, 
I mean, I'm again, like I'm not grossed out with these sorts of things. Things like I'm really sex positive as a person, but I felt so like dirty, and I was like, oh my god, I've just like presented like myself to a bunch of people I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny because, like, the thing with embarrassment, a lot of times, like you said, maybe other people didn't even notice it, but just the fact that I hope they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Just the fact that you you know it was there and like there are people around you and you're in public and it was like a surprise to you to find it when you were in public. It's like your mind just goes, oh my God, everyone knows. Like everyone can tell. And you just kind of go into this like spiral of embarrassment. The worst thing is I'm pretty sure I passed like at least two of my lecturers. Oh my God. <laughs> and for ages after, I was just like, I once in the head, like, oh, that's the bitch who had come in at her. <laughs> yeah. I bet they did call you that, Adam. I bet that's your uh, nickname now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just follows me everywhere I go. Like, <laughs> I go to a job interview and they're like, hey, we heard a story about you. And I'm like, oh, my reputation precedes me. <laughs> but that was, um, that was a pretty gnarly one. Yeah. Um, that kind of reminds me, like, when you were talking about seeing a bunch of people you know on the street. <laughs> um, that reminds me about this one time. It was also after a night out. Um, imagine See, that. We just... If anything, this episode... I mean, this podcast generally, but this episode as well is going to teach us two things. Stay away from alcohol and stay away from boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... I'm pretty sure that it's no coincidence that a lot of my most embarrassing moments are when I was intoxicated. Um, but another one happened when one of our roommates like was being initiated into his football team, soccer team. And so they basically just like ply them with alcohol. It's like a hazing thing. Um, And we were all on a night out and he was out with his soccer team and he was like fucked up, like stumbling around, dropping shit, falling asleep, just like being a mess. And so me and another flatmate and his girlfriend decided, okay, we're going to walk our friend home. Like he needs to go home right now or else he's going to like, there's nobody taking care of him. And so we're like, okay, let's, let's walk home. And we start kind of, he can like barely walk. So we're like, we have his arms over our shoulders. We're like walking home from the bar. And for some reason that I can't remember, we like stopped on a like the street corner and the guy um, who was really fucked up was like, I want to sit down. And we're like, no, don't sit down. He was like, yep, I'm sitting down. I need to rest. And we're like, okay. So he sits down and I sit down next to him on the curb uh, on the sidewalk. And then the couple who we were with, who was helping me carry this guy, like decide to go around the corner into an alley to like make out. Like they were probably like 20 yards away from us in the alley making out. And so I'm sitting next to my super drunk flatmate (laughs) and he starts like leaning on me and I was like, 
hey, like, don't fall asleep. We still have like a little ways to go to, to walk. And he's like, no. And he just like starts falling asleep and leaning more and more of his weight on me. And soon he's so heavy. He's like dead weight. And he's leaning on me with all of his weight. And he like just flattens me slowly on the sidewalk. And he's like laying on top of me with all of his dead weight. He's like passed out and I can't push him off of me. I'm like trying with all my might. And I'm like, um, guys, like, uh, I need help. <laughs> and I was just like pinned on the ground. And I was like, Back out. like trying to get him off of me. <laughs> and he wouldn't wake up. And so I was like, well, you know, I guess this is my life right now. Like, I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> so I'm just laying on the sidewalk. He's like laying on top of me. And my our friends are just still around the corner making out, not paying attention. And so I'm pretty drunk too. I wasn't as drunk as him, but I ended up nodding off and falling asleep. <laughs> on the sidewalk in under this guy. And every like few minutes someone would walk by and it was oftentimes someone I know. And I would wake up to them being like, Hey, church. Hey. <laughs> and I would wake up and they'd be like standing over me and they'd be like, are you guys okay? Like, what are you doing? And I would just like, Oh yeah, we're fine. It's fine. Just, it's, yeah. It's whatever. It's fine. It's fine. And I would like wave them off. And this would happen to us. Like every few minutes or so I'd get woken up by someone else who like recognized me. It was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like sleeping on the sidewalk. <laughs> and I just kept saying it's fine and waving them off. And then eventually these two huge Samoan guys walk over and they wake me up and the guy's like, what are you guys doing? Are you okay? And I was trying to wave him off again. I was like, no, we're fine. We're fine. And he's like, no, you, you can't be passed down on the sidewalk like this. This looks really bad. And I was like, yeah, I can't get up. <laughs> like I'm stuck. He's all his body weight is on me. And so one of the guys picks up my friend who's super drunk. And the other guy picks me up like babies. And at this point, our two friends who were making out in the alleyway, like, came back around and they're like, Oh, Hey, hey, sorry. Like they're with us. We're taking care of them. Like it's fine. And the guys were like, they were just passed out on the sidewalk. Like it, it looked really bad. They need to go home. And so they ended up standing there holding us and like hailing calves. And a lot of them kept passing by. Cause like, what the hell is that image? Like Gonna, yeah. yeah like they're not gonna let these guys just shove two passed out people into their car i was awake at this point um but so finally they ended up like they put me down so i could stand and we ended up just like trying to prop our friend my friend up like act like he wasn't shit faced and passed out and then finally a cab stopped and they pushed us in told them where we live and we got a ride home in the cab um which like was super nice of those two guys oh, i'll yeah. never forget that but how embarrassing is it that i was just like passed out on the sidewalk for god knows how long what gives <laughs> me more though is like when the guy was like asleep on you you were just like well guess this is just my life now <laughs> yeah 
I have done the same thing. I mean, I've not I've never been passed out in the street because you know I'm a little bit more classy than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just walk around with cum in my hair. It's fine. Yeah, you're a way way classier. Yeah, I'm a real class. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's been times where like not even having someone's body weight on me or anything like that, but I have fallen over or like just ended up on the floor before, not even drunk, sober, and just been like, you know what? I'm just gonna stay here for a minute and just contemplate my life decisions that led me to this point. That's very on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, you know what? Yes, it's just, I just live here now. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I've tried hard enough today. I think I'll just give up now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, right, that's it. Put me down. I've had yeah. I mean, the that's, world, what, that's what happened to me because I was like, well, my friends are just around the corner. Like, they're not going to be back there forever. You know, I guess. I'm not going to like scream and like panic. So I'm just going to lay here until they get done making out. <laughs> and I ended up just falling asleep. I mean, there's, I was going to say there's worse things that could have happened, but I'm trying to think what they are. I mean, at least you weren't the one collapsing someone else with your body weight. Cause that'd yeah. be really embarrassing. But also if you're that drunk, you are not going to remember it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like it's like not the same thing but i imagine getting hit by a car would be really embarrassing oh my god yeah me too (laughs) like even though it's not your fault like obviously i mean like nine times those things aren't really anyone's fault but like if i got hit by a car i would just be so humiliated i'd be like i have to die i i can't i cannot survive this because if i survive this then I have to deal with telling people I was in a car crash. And that to me is so embarrassing. No offense to people who've been in car crashes. I've actually been in a car crash myself when I was a baby. Or like toddler. Um, but like just the thought of like getting hit by a car, worse even, if like you just get like tapped by a car, like, you don't actually like, go over the hood or anything. Like you're trying to get like, ripped up by a car. I know someone that that happened to, and I was like, no. To be fair, that gave me the ick for them. I wasn't interested yeah. in them at all. But also, I was just like, nah, that would be humiliating. I've seen someone get hit by a car one time. There was like this um, crosswalk that's notorious for people getting hit by cars in Moscow. It's like right in front of Tri-State, in front of the university. If you know that crosswalk, it, uh, pe- Moscow people. Um, I was sitting in a parked car, like facing that way. And I saw this guy on a bike get hit by a car, like, decently hard. It knocked him off his bike and everything. And he, like, I could tell he was embarrassed. He, like, got up and, like, tried to, like, hobble away quickly. and was like, I'm fine. No, I, I'm fine, guys. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and people were running up trying to help him. And he just ended up, like, pedaling away all, like, hurt (laughs) oh no i feel bad for him but i also would be really humiliated yeah (laughs) that kind of reminds me of so one of my embarrassing stories that i like made a note of um kind of appropriate to recall this actually because um bit of context it was a very rainy day in london when this happened Mm-hmm. And it's also a very rainy day up here in the north now. I don't. I doubt you'd be able to hear it on the recording, but um, like outside, like it's raining really heavy. It's been on and off heavy rain all day, which is my favorite weather. Actually, fun fact about me. Um, 
So I was on a school trip to London in like year 10, I think. It's like 10th grade. So about like 15 I'd have been at this time. And we'd done like, we'd done like a few things. So we'd been to like Covent Garden. We'd been to like the Olympic Park and stuff like that. Um, it was like with the technology department. So we were doing like a bunch of stuff with that. And towards the end of the day, we were going to the London Eye. Now, I've been in London Eye before. It's um, it's a really fun time. I recommend if people visit in London to do it at least once. I think I've been in it three times in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is pretty cool. Like, it's it's weird because it doesn't feel like a Ferris wheel. It feels like you're in a building. Yeah. Around. Because, like, the pods are very stable. But anyway, unnecessary detail. Um, And when... I don't know if it's like that now, but this, like, ten years ago... um. The way to get on it was like a sort of a, I don't know what the right name for it is, but you know those metal platforms that are like, they kind of have like the little like raised bits on them, like yes. I like blind people or something. Um, so it was like a platform built out of that to like get on to the London Eye. And it was a very rainy day, like I said. I mean, it often is in the UK. And the girl in front of me, my friend, had turned around and said to me, like, oh, hey, just be careful. Like, it's really slippery there. But just as she said that, like, I went arse over tip. But, like, it's not even, like, I just tripped up. Like, literally, I stepped, went on the side, entire body went in the air and then slammed on the floor. Like, well and truly, like, a shit, like, cartoonishly bad fall. Like, I went, boom. Literally, the whole thing shook. I was, like, first of all, I feel like a fucking whale. (laughs) that just plopped itself onto land (laughs) but it was like it was the fall to end all falls luckily i wasn't that hurt i banged my funny bone yeah that was it um but i remember being like i spent like a second on the floor and i was just like can death just take me please because like (laughs) this was in front of like my entire year at school basically as well like all the people at that time that i knew pretty much and, like, the stewards who are, like, welcoming you on to, like, the eye and, like, sort of sorting out tickets and whatever, they were, like, you could tell they were, like, shit themselves and thinking, like, oh, fuck, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> and, like, I felt, like, the pressure to, like, get up and act fine. So I woke up. I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I did not pass out. It was not that bad. I, I stood up. And I immediately just started like laughing like really hard. I was like, ah, that's so funny. Ah. But in my head, I was just like, ah, kill me now. Ah, I want the ground to me up. Ah, this is the worst day of my life ever. And like everyone was like laughing. And I was like, right, I have to laugh with them. Yeah. Because if I don't, they're just laughing at me. And I was like, right, quick save, quick save, quick save. Like, but I feel like you could kind of tell that I was like also like not genuinely laughing and I just felt really embarrassed because like it, I remember it to this day and this is like 10 years ago of life. Um, <laughs> might even be slightly more than that thinking about it, but like, bitch, humiliation. The earth needed to end me then. That day I just felt the, I truly understood what it means to like truly just show your ass the world it felt <laughs> like and like, again like it wasn't even my fault if anything it was their fault for like having a dangerous setup to get onto the london eye uh-huh. 
But the worst thing is as well, right? Here's the thing. I didn't just get the option to, like, you know, oh, I've fallen over and I feel a bit embarrassed. So, oh, let's, you know, we're in we're in London. I'll go walk somewhere with, like, some close friends and kind of maybe, like, retreat into, like, a bookshop or something like that, which we had done earlier in the day going around Covent Garden. No, I had to go on the fucking London iPod and be with these people for, like, 30 minutes while they were talking about me going arse over tit on the way up. <laughs> I embarrassed myself, and then I was in a contained environment where I could not even emotionally recover from embarrassing myself. Oh, no. I was just like, what did I do? God, what did I do that was so unholy? Like... <laughs> Who did I hurt so deeply that I deserve this punishment? It's so funny because as an adult now, like when I see kids eat shit, it is like the funniest fucking thing. (laughs) It really is. It just makes me think of your teachers and how they were probably like, oh my God, like trying to laugh. You know what? Having been a teacher for a brief spell and knowing how fucking awful kids are, Mm-hmm. I hope they did laugh. Yeah, me too. You know, the other kids, fuck all y'all for laughing at me. I still got your names written down somewhere. Like I see <laughs> you and Kama will get you. But all the teachers, I hope you I hope you all had a little glass of wine after we all got tucked away to bed, even though we all stayed up forever because it was a school trip, that's what people do. I hope that after you put all of us to bed, you had a little glass of wine and you laughed about that little faggy bitch. Going arse over tit at the London Eye. I hope you've all wet yourself laughing because they deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also funny how moments from our childhood, like embarrassing moments, can resurface like all the time. That happens to me constantly. I think um, when I was around that age is when I probably was most easily embarrassed too. Um Everything's embarrassing as a teenager, though. Like, literally everything feels embarrassing. Definitely. You're just way less, like, sure of yourself. Your self-esteem is way lower. Because you really... Teenage years are... Well, they're such a transitional point in your life, you know, because you're not a girl, not yet a woman, in the words of Britney Spears. And... You know, you're still kind of figuring out, like, because on the one hand, and I'll say this, um, just as a bit of a sidebar, when you've not really been around kids that are, like, in their teens for a long time, but your perception of people that age is how you felt when you were that age. And I remember when I was in high school feeling a lot more sort of grown up, like, because, you know, at that time, you really start to understand emotions a bit more and you feel a bit more rounded as a person. When you become a teacher and you actually go to school as an adult and you're around these people all the time, you realise just how much they are still, like, children, children. Like, it, yeah. it, it was kind of a, it was a bit of a culture shock when I did my teacher training because, I mean, I obviously understood that kids are kids and whatever, but... I thought of that age group, how I perceived myself a little bit at that age. Mm-hmm. And he was teaching me like, oh no, you're all literally fetuses. Like the umbilical cord was cut two days ago. Like you are children, children. Yeah. It's so weird to have that perspective now. Like 10 years ago, I was 15 and I thought I 
was an adult. I was doing a lot of adult things and I was a child. I think that's the thing as well. I don't, I imagine we had fairly similar adolescences in this way that I think a lot of the time as well, people at that age are so desperate to start doing adult things and having independence that like you kind of squander the last few years of your life. We were actually able to basically just not have any responsibilities. Yeah, it's so true. And um, you get to real adulthood and it's like, oh no, this is shit. If only we knew. <laughs> it's like there's a Taylor Swift song called Nothing New with Phoebe Bridges. And like in that song, she says like, how can a person know everything at 18 but nothing at 22? And like, I feel like that's very spot on. Yes, because you realize like, oh shit, like this is actually the real world and I don't know everything like I thought I did. Yeah, and like that's, I think that's a lot of where adult embarrassment comes from is that the feeling like everyone around you kind of has shit figured out and you Mm -hmm. don't. And the reality is no one has anything figured out. We're all just bumbling fools going through life trying to get somewhere. Exactly. It is difficult to not feel like everyone around you has the shit way more together than you do. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, I'm, my subconscious is so controlled by embarrassing things that I say and do all the time that I've like Googled it. Like, how do I get over like embarrassing moments and cringe attacks? And I found a really helpful article one time that was saying basically like, this is going to come off as harsh, but if you are like me and you get embarrassed easily, it actually helps a lot to hear this. The article was basically like, just remember to be humble. Like you are just a speck on this earth and in this universe. And your lifetime is so small compared to like, the entire lifetime of the earth and everybody who's ever lived on earth. And you just don't matter enough for people to remember every little embarrassing thing that you do. Like just remember that you are not that important enough to stay in people's minds like that. And it actually really helps me to think about it like that. Like people are all, we're all consumed with everything that we personally do like internally that like I can't remember a lot of things, any embarrassing things that other people do because I'm so focused on myself. So it's basically just like, just stay humble. You don't matter that much. <laughs> it's actually really good advice though, because by nature we are selfish animals. I mean, obviously we have to be, that's how we've survived. That's how all living beings survive is through a bit of self-centeredness. But I think it's really good to remember not only for things like getting over feeling like cringe attacks, but just life in general. Like just remembering that the universe is such an expansive thing and you're just this tiny, tiny part of it. Because like I try and tell myself that a lot of the time as well, because I don't ever want to become entitled as a person. Yeah. And like, I don't feel like I give off that energy, like realistically. I mean, I might joke about being like more sort of arrogant because I feel like that's just, a common thing that a lot of gay people do um but i don't feel like i actually present that myself that way to the world and i think it's important to cultivate a thought process that you actually aren't you know yeah you ain't the hottest shit around so just keep it humble keep it pushing 
Exactly. Um, that being said, your falling in front of your classmates story brings me back, not fondly, to a memory of my own. Um, so basically at our junior high, I, th I think I was in eighth grade, maybe even seventh grade. Um, at lunch, we had to have different like times that people have lunch because the cafeteria wasn't big enough for everybody. And like when you're done eating, they force you to go outside. They don't call it recess, although it's, it's recess. <laughs> um, and so even if it's like freezing cold, you have to go outside. And so we were outside after lunch, like everybody in my lunch period. And it was so cold. I was standing like, I was standing probably like 20 yards from the door, just like waiting for the bell to ring so I could go inside. I was not dressed for the weather. <laughs> um, and so I was just standing there like freezing my ass off. Finally, the bell rings and I turn around and start running to go inside. And because I was standing like the closest to the door, the bell rang and everybody turned around to start walking in to the school. But I was running because I was so cold. And I tripped on something and fell onto the concrete where everybody is walking towards. And it was like, it was like ass over tits, like you were saying. It was a big fall. Aww. And I swear, like in those moments, time like slows down, <laughs> like in you're in slow mo. I eat shit and I turn around and it's like, everyone is pointing and laughing at me like oh, it's in a movie. No. yeah like i felt like everybody saw that everybody who was in that lunch period and i was just like horrified i quickly got up you know pretended like nothing happened like pretended like i was fine but in reality it really fucking hurt and i was actually dripping blood from my elbow because oh, i had like I had like punctured it with a rock and there was a rock like stuck in it. And I was like, Oh my God. So I was just like holding my elbow and like quickly walked inside and went straight to the bathroom and hid in a bathroom stall. <laughs> and everyone went to class and finally the bell rung, like you, you should be in class. And I walk out and there's nobody in the hallway. And I was like, thank God. And I'm trailing blood still like down my elbow. And I just went to the school nurse and they like, pick the rock out and clean me up and I had to walk into class late and like explain That's why like I was late <laughs> yeah because everyone just saw me eat shit and now they're like where's Cherish <laughs> and I walk in late is. all bandaged <laughs> like when you fell like in school as a kid here everyone would point and go you fell over you fell over <laughs> what <laughs> everyone like it was i don't know if it's like a thing across the uk but like in my schools especially in primary school like elementary school if you fell over everyone would point at you and go you fell over you <laughs> fell over like, it's like literally, a football chant literally no literally it is like chanting at you and it's just like well we've developed a culture of public shaming early and some people say that's healthy Oh my god, that would have just been the cherry on top if everyone started going, you fell over, you fell over. Oh my 
my god, that's this totally the American kids will be adopt this random northern accent. <laughs> you fellow. <laughs> that is I, brutal. I know a thing they did right. If you got told off by a teacher in school, like it's but this yeah, this is like a primary school thing, but like it's so stupid. I was talk me and my sister were talking to our fiance about this. So he's from the northeast, so he's from a different part of the country to us. Um in primary school here, you got told off by a teacher. Everyone point you go, um <gasps> what the fuck? That is so weird. I know, it's like, but everyone just go, um like if you got told off by the teacher, everyone would say it. Ew. I know, but like Loki just prepared me for my future as a Hindu woman. <laughs> well, that's funny because you see this in movies a lot, like American, like high school movies and shit. If mm-hmm. you get sent to the principal's office, everyone goes, ooh. <laughs> it's, it's like the same like thing in principal. Yeah. But just, <laughs> um, I, I don't know where it came from. It was there before I got to school. It was there after I left. Oh, wait, no. They, uh, here in the US, they go, ooh, like it goes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my no, God, that's funny. I'm surprised that... I'm surprised they don't hiss over there in the UK when you get I just took a very big mouthful of water when Chara said that and I was really struggling to swallow. <laughs> and you normally don't struggle to swallow. No, I just go into the Ew! I'm just pretending like he was putting cum in his hair like gel. <laughs> It's the honestly, I pioneer, I pioneered a look that day. Yeah, you did. But um, no, we don't hiss here actually. But I could really get behind that. Actually, you know. Don't you the, hiss at plays? Um, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they might do that in some pantomimes, which like yes. are really melodramatic plays. But the main things for that is like you do like cheer and boo and stuff like that. But I've never really known people to hiss. Oh, I thought you were supposed people to. People do hiss. feel like oh, boo, hiss, don't they? It's like put those two words together. Yeah. But I've never known that people actually do that. Have you ever been to a pantomime? Yeah, I've been to loads. Yeah, it's like I went to loads as a kid. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, this wasn't an embarrassing story, but it's most it embarrassed the shit out of my mother. So let's talk about this for a second. Okay. <laughs> So there's there's a little theatre in Wigan called the Wigan Little Theatre, which is like Wigan's the town that I grew up in. And they were doing some kind of pantomime. It, it might have been like Aladdin or some shit. I don't, I don't know. But they like, they take like, it's usually like fairy tales and stuff like that. And for the Americans listening, people from outside the UK listening, because I know this is a very British thing, pantomimes are these very sort of over-the-top melodramatic like theater shows that are mostly geared towards children, but there's like there's a lot of audience participate participations. Like one of the common things is like if the villain shows up behind the protagonist, the audience goes, It's behind you. That's like a common thing that people say. There's like lots of boos and cheers and stuff like that. Like it's a very jovial thing. Um and sometimes they'll do like audience participation further where they get like kids up onto the stage. 
So we were at the um, this pantomime and I was not selected. <laughs> five-year-old Adam said, fuck this, that stage is mine, honeys. So they picked a few kids out of the audience and I was like, nah, mate, not going for it. So I, I got up and just walked onto the stage. I was like, this is my moment. I took the, Cherish, I took the microphone from the people doing the play and like all the other kids just stood there like idle fucks like while I was just stealing everyone's thunder <laughs> and like they started like asking me like what did you get for Christmas and stuff like that and so I was like an animal kid right I was obsessed with animals I still love animals now David Attenborough was like my entire childhood basically so it's not like rattling off like all these animal like related things I got for Christmas like encyclopedias and all this sort of stuff and the entire audience was like pissing themselves laughing oh and like i that's one thing as well i don't get shy very often like i'm very i've always been very confident as a person mm-hmm. but like i think my my mum like always tells that story now like with a lot of pride but i imagine at the time she's probably like fucking hell that is what the so funny i produced but like <laughs> She she does always tell the story now and say, well, you got more laughs than the entire show put together. It's so funny that you were like, I wasn't selected, but they were wrong. Like, I'm the star of the show. I'm just going to go up there and show them. It is very, um, you're in Dreamgirls and I'm telling you I'm not going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very bad. I'm just like, nope, I'm not going. This is my moment. This is my stage. <laughs> And someday they'll use that story in my backstory on Drag Race. That's honestly so cute. Yeah, I mean, I should probably get my mom to like send us like a voice note actually telling the story from her perspective because she remembers it a lot better. Uh-huh. But I remember something similar on a family holiday in Greece as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think I had like a bunch of kids like doing like this like, random game at like the club night or whatever. I have a lot of stories of escapades out as a small child do stealing pulling focus it's so funny because i was literally the exact opposite like whenever i was at a show or something and they would ask for audience participation or volunteers i would like hide and like duck and not look at them like please don't pick me please and i still do that like at comedy shows and stuff i'm like if i get singled out first of all i will turn so red like fire truck red which is embarrassing enough. And also just like start sweating and it's just so uncomfortable for me. I've never grown out of that. Like the public, like limelight or spotlight, I would hate. See, just to believe now, any any shit like that now, I do not want to get called on. Like I like the thought of people singing happy birthday to me at a restaurant, which has happened to me before. Worst day ever. Yes. Um, that now is like my idea of hell. That to me is embarrassing. Yeah. But as a kid, I just wanted to, I just wanted that spotlight on me, honey. That's a really good example when people sing to you on your birthday at a restaurant. Oh, so I remember one time we'd gone to like TGI Fridays or some shit like that. Yeah, it was TGI Fridays at the Trafford Center. Um just like this massive like shopping center, mall, whatever you want to call it. And it was like my 13th birthday, something like that. Like we just we just gone there, it was like sort of at that time, I still wasn't the most adventurous eater. So it was like, you know, we'd all eat something there, whatever. Uh, and they just like, my mom and dad didn't like say, oh, it's like, you know, 
they didn't go out with the intention of this happening, but like someone must have just mentioned it was my birthday. I didn't mention it because already at this age, I was like a very aware of like, don't say it because it'll do something. <laughs> but they, um, but they must have twigged on somehow. And like this army of like TGI Fridays stuff come out. They bring out this like chocolate mountain cake thing and like sing happy birthday really loudly. There's like sparklers on it, like, you know, all that. And I was just like, kill me now, please. <laughs> the worst thing is, is the portion sizes there are so big. I didn't even like, I was too like stuffed to even eat like a single bite of that cake. And yeah, that was, that was just a small embarrassing story because obviously <laughs> we left. Yeah, I, I definitely get embarrassed when that shit happens. Luckily, people don't really do that to me as much in public anymore um when it's like my birthday but if they did i'd be like god damn it i probably would be less affected now than i than i used to be but it's like more of an eye roll now isn't it then yeah but it's like public proposals are another thing that's like i get why people do it i get they want to like maybe do something special or you know what that person might want anybody whoever is brave enough to marry me must know if there is an audience, heaven forbid, if it is a public event, if there are people cheering, taking photos or doing anything, the answer will be no. <laughs> See, my sister got proposed to in um, this place called Jasmine Dean, which is like a big sort of like park with lots of forests and hills. And it's like a bit of a hiking trail in the middle of Newcastle. And her fiancé, Jake, proposed to her in a very quiet spot there. There weren't really people around. And that's a way of doing, you know, something in a nice spot that um, is, like, romantic and special, but there's no audience there. It's between you. And that, just for any future husband of mine listening, I know there's many of you who want to put a ring on it. Keep that in mind. I do not want a spectacle. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Please, let's do it in private. Speaking of spectacles, though... um. Cherish has a very interesting story about being on a plane and there was a spectacle that ensued there. Do you want to share it with us? Yes. So there's like two stories wrapped into one here. It's a doozy. Yes. I travel a lot and I'm on planes a lot. And so a lot of embarrassing shit happens to me when I'm traveling, of course. (laughs) Um, One of them... I was, it was pretty, a pretty simple story. And some people might not even be like, might not even understand how this is embarrassing, but I was getting on a plane and like, I, a lot of people I think do this. Like when you're getting on the plane, you just check what seat you're in like a million times because it's like stressful. And I was doing that and somehow I misinterpreted like, I misinterpreted the seat number and I got the aisle number correct. And I noticed that, or I thought that someone was in my seat and it was actually a very attractive guy, my age with his very attractive friend sitting next to him. And in my head, I was like, Oh fuck, what do I do? Like, am I going to be a Karen and like make this guy get up? I don't even know if that's like a Karen thing to do. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just take 
whatever seat he was supposed to be in or whatever, because maybe he just wants the window or something. And so I get up to where I think my seat is, where he's sitting, and I just go, oh, yeah, um, we can just trade. Like, I get it. And I, like, sit down in what I think was his seat, which is across the aisle. (laughs) And I just, he's just silent, like, staring at me, like, what? And then I sit down, and I hear him, like, burst out laughing with his friend. And I check my phone again and realize, oh, my God that wasn't my seat. I'm in my assigned seat right now. Like that guy is probably so confused what I was talking about. And so I just sat there like with my head in my hands for so long, just being like, why? And how long was the flight? Like eight hours. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Another thing that happened to me, this was way worse. So I remember this story, and this was bad. Yeah. So I'm getting on this plane, and this was another super long flight. It was from Ireland back to somewhere in the U.S., like a nine-hour flight or something. I think it was D.C. you flew back into? I think so. Um, Anyway, I have, like, nosebleed seats because I just paid for, like, the cheapest seats. Seat. And, uh... So I'm like one of the, in the last boarding groups to board. And it's one of those flights where um, normally if there's a full flight, they're like, hey, does anyone want to check their bag for free? We'll throw it under the plane, you know, put a tag on it and everything. But they never made any of those kind of announcements. And so I'm like getting close to getting onto the plane and there's, a bunch of people behind me as well and well not a bunch maybe like 10 people behind me and they were like I could tell that they were worried about overhead space on the plane and they looked at me and they were like okay what what seat are you going to and I told them and it was one of the seats like in the back of the plane and they're like okay there oh yeah there's room back there for your bag like in the very back and I was like oh okay so I get on the plane and I walk all the way back and there's no overhead space, not a single fucking space for one more bag. And after they let me on with my bag, everyone behind me, they took all their bags and put them under the plane. So they thought there was literally one more spot for a bag and there wasn't. And so I was like, Oh, um, and I turned around and looked like at one of the flight attendants and I was like, Oh, there's no space for my bag. And she was like, okay, you're going to have to walk all the way back up to the front of the plane and tell them and they'll put it under the plane. And I was like, uh, okay. Meanwhile, all those people that were behind me who are trying to board are now in the aisle behind me, like all the way up to the front of the plane. And I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to get up there? There's no space to like scoot past people in the aisle. And so, and basically the whole plane is, everyone is sitting like already because we're the last people to board. And so I had to like, we try to weave through people with my carry on to try to get all the way back to the front of the plane. This took like, it probably took over 20 minutes and people like, I had to keep moving backwards and moving forwards and stepping into aisles and like being on top of people to like 
let people go by and all this shit. And everyone was like, it was taking so long and everyone was staring at me and like obviously pissed off at me for some reason. And finally I get to this, you know how sometimes in the middle of the plane, there's like the break between first class and workers. And so there was like a little space there. And I was, there was one guy left in my fucking path to get to the front of the plane. And I was like, can I get by you? And he was like, uh, I don't know. Like, can you? And I was so fucking fed up at this point. I just said, yes, move. (laughs) I made him. (laughs) And I made him like squeeze up against the wall so I could move because I was so fucking pissed and fed off, fed up that this was somehow my responsibility when they told me there was another space left and they could have just took my bag and put it under the plane for me. But anyway, finally I get to the front of the plane. It's 30 minutes later at this point from when I fucking boarded. And I'm the last person, of course, who hasn't put gotten in their seat. And I'm like, Hey, so there's no space for my bag. And they're like, Oh, you have to go to the fucking check-in desk at the gate and tell them and i was like oh my god okay so i get off the plane and i walk up that like tunnel thing to get back up to the gate i try to push open the door this loud fucking alarm goes off like a siren and i was like oh my god and the lady on the other side of the door like had to get on the phone she had to like shout at me through the door, like, what's your passport number? What's your birthday? Like all this information, because I had just like fucked something up, like security wise. And they had to like check, make sure that I was, I don't even know what. And then finally they opened the door and I was like, they told me to come up here because there's no space on the plane for my bag. They told me to come all the way back up here. So they put a tag on my bag and the flight attendant is like, okay, now you need to go back and get in your seat because now we're late. And she just said that to me. And I, I didn't say anything, but I really wish I would have been like, how is that my fucking fault? I was just yeah, so, literally. this is not your fault at all. I was so pissed off. And finally I'm getting back on the plane. Everyone is glaring at me because we're so late now. And I finally sit down in my seat and this is the cherry on top. The guy next to me, he's like an old 70-year-old like white guy, takes one look at me and I'm wearing like ripped jeans. And he goes, did you buy your jeans like that? Oh, for fuck's sake. I wanted to fucking smack him in the face. Like, I wanted to kill that man. I just, I was like, yep. <laughs> like, just like so like, and I was sweating, you know, like I was all flustered. Everyone was fucking hating on me. And everyone's like, finally, like, super mad at me. So anyway, um, I'm getting obviously very heated up just thinking about it. It wasn't that long ago. Um, But that was probably one of the most frustrating and one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me. Like, for some reason, the reason we were late was pinned on me. (laughs) But, like, the tea on this is, like, it's frustrating and it's embarrassing, but like it's some of those things it's like you didn't fall over, like you know, you didn't like mistake someone for someone that you thought you knew, whatever. You didn't like 
purely you'd have gotten the raw dog deal out of this situation. Like, it is not your fault at all. Yeah. Fuck that airline. Yeah. I hope that everyone that day got fired. They probably didn't. Well, (laughs) I was so pissed off by it that as soon as I landed in the next airport, I wrote a complaint to the company. I can't remember which airline. Yeah, I was like, I've never had it before where, like, when shit like that happens, usually the flight attendant just will take your bag for you and, like, put it under the plane. Like, I don't understand why I had to deboard, go all the way back up to the gate. Like, I just wrote this huge, long Karen letter to the company, and they actually sent me $150. So the thing is, though, like, this is a bit of a sidebar from embarrassment, but, like, we do, well, I suppose it isn't a way. We, as young people, we do get really embarrassed about complaining. Yeah. I think because we're worried that people are going to think we're like a Karen or whatever. But, like, the whole thing about a Karen is they complain unnecessarily. And nine times out of ten as well, they're also associated with being, like, racist or homophobic or something like that. Yeah. That situation that happened, that was a completely valid, you know, situation to complain about because you were treated very poorly your travel was delayed and then you also then had to board a long flight with a bunch of people who because they're not going to explain it was their fault on the tannoy are they yeah so how do you take the shit for that um you know you're on then on a long boarding flight with people who think that they're late or going to miss a connecting flight or whatever because of you mm-hmm. like that is perfectly appropriate to complain about yeah like, it's not a Karen-ass email if they deserved it. Karen's complain when it's not warranted. True. Or and the level of complaint isn't warranted. Now I feel like I'm an advocate for complaining if any little inconvenience happens to you during your travels because these uh, airline companies are so wealthy, they'll just throw cash at you to get you to shut up. And so... yeah. I'm throwing a PSA out there. If if you're ever inconvenienced in your travels, just complain because now that's what I do and I get a lot of free money for it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say in the UK, if you're traveling internally on the trains and you're delayed, unless you're delayed by quite a bit, you ain't getting shit. <laughs> oh my God. You're getting, a, you're getting a dick slapped in your face and being told to shut the fuck up, you good little whore. That is what they're giving you. <laughs> That is what the British transport system will give you. They will spit in your face and laugh at your pain. Yeah, they do not give a fuck. (laughs) No, they don't. But... (sighs) (laughs) So, speaking of public spectacles, Mm -hmm. I have another story from childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, tell me. So, this actually was my fault, but there was an alarm involved. Mm. So when I was very little, we went to a aquarium called the Blue Planet Aquarium, which is in Chester, if anyone knows that part of the country, or like uh-huh. near Chester. And it's like it's a great aquarium. I've not been in a long time, but you know, it's um it's got all the classics, it's got like a little shark tunnel, it's got, you know, everything you could want. It's not a um a aquarium where they hold like seals and whales and dolphins and things like that. It's fish, jellyfish, sharks, that kind of thing. Um, and it's it's really, you know, it's a good sort of conservation centre. And as I said before, I loved animals as a kid. So we were in the gift shop 
and they sold these like really well at least what to me at that time were like these really big like toy sharks and dolphins and things and like i wanted one so i was like three years old <laughs> and so i'm just, gonna have it <laughs> no literally see me as a kid i did not take no from nobody i i wanted it so i took it and I walked out. And the thing is, like, if the, the alarm went off, but, like, no one stopped me. Like, and I was just there walking along with this big-ass shark. Like, um. I no, the thing is, I could have got away away with it. And I walked back to the car where mum and dad were. I don't know why I was walking by myself, but, like, I'd walked back. I must have, like, stuck behind. I don't know. I don't remember this super well. But um, I remember, like, my mum was like, right, no, go bring the shark back. You can't steal. That's wrong. <laughs> it's like, well done, Janet, for teaching me this important moral lesson. Yeah. So I walked back, and at this point, I'm like crying because I really wanted the shark, but I'm bringing it back because you no, know, I was actually a good kid. I wasn't like <laughs> not. I wasn't naughty as a kid. So I bring the shark back, and like I was crying, and I was just like, mm, but I want it, whatever. Everyone like who walked past me starts laughing at this point. Like I remember <laughs> this. Like everyone was like laughing at me, like basically like having. I wouldn't. It wasn't really a tantrum, but having like some theatrics over this shark. Uh-huh. And, like, I remember putting it back and being like really like depressed. <laughs> like my first, my first moment of rejection because I didn't get this piece of plastic. And I was like, I remember walking back and like my mom and dad were like laughing at me. <laughs> my sister was laughing. Like everyone was laughing at me because it was such a stupid situation. But I remember feeling like embarrassment. But the thing that's so slay is that my mom has since said, if I was a bit older, she'd have let me just do it. Because like <laughs> I kind of got off the of it. But she's like, I've got to set boundaries. I've got to set some morals here. Yeah. I and feel you know like... what? Oh, go ahead. Like, you know what? I actually can't really think of times I've stolen as an adult either. So Yeah, me neither. I um, mean I think I I think I have no I have I have still stole some things. Um but not much. Yeah, but you know it's bad now. Like Yeah, it's not a regular occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I feel like I've seen this situation play out with other little kids before like and i want this you know i'm just gonna take it and the parents are like no 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 we didn't pay for that put it back Mm -hmm. oh it was like i want to emphasize though like i I wasn't having a tantrum like i wasn't like kicking off or anything like that because like i have to say i did not do that as a child Mm -hmm. give all my tantrums for adulthood um i'm kidding but um I like wasn't having a tantrum. I was just like, I was like compliantly walking back with the shark, but like going, like, I wanted the shark. Aww. I guess it's like it was not. I mean, I suppose the being laughed at was embarrassing, but it was like more just I felt dumb. Yeah, and I imagine your plane story was kind of similar to that. That like you probably just felt like really dumb. I don't know, Even like it wasn't, like your fault, like because you felt like everyone was like looking at you that like you were an idiot, maybe. Yeah, like. I felt pissed off probably more than anything. Yeah. Oh, I would I would be... Because, I mean, like, we said this in our first episode, actually. I don't really lose my temper much, but travel delays and oh stuff like God. that really annoys me. Yeah. And that was, like, just one thing after the other. I was so close to, like, losing it. <laughs> I honestly think I'd have got in my seat and just cried. I did. 
Yeah, I did. Luckily, like we had the old boomer had the nerve to comment on your jeans after that. Yeah, I know. I was like, I really, really could have just laid into him. And I kind of wish I did. (laughs) But um, talk about kicking someone while they're down. Um, I wish you had laid into it, though. I'd have loved to see that. I mean, I wasn't there, but I'd love to have seen it. Um, I have another, like, it's kind of, well, not the same as your shark story, but it reminded me of it. It's more lighthearted. Um, so I was in Winco, like, and it was a super busy day in Winco. If you've ever been there, you know how busy it is. It's a grocery store. Yeah. Well, kind of. Um, and I was getting this huge shopping cart of stuff, like for the week. And I get to the checkout and I pick up this bottle of all-purpose cleaner that I was trying to buy, realize there's nothing in it. And I'm like, oh my God, what, what happened? And the, the cap was like loose. And I realized that all of it has spilled out. And so I turn around and see this snail trail of orange snail trail, (laughs) this orange all-purpose cleaner is literally all around the grocery store in every aisle I went into every little place where I had to pick something up. And I was like, Oh my God. And it leads right to me. And it's slippery as hell. Like I'm sure. And there's people everywhere. It's a super busy day. And so I told the checkout clerk, I was like, um, this spilled and I'm pretty sure it's like everywhere. Now, luckily, it was all-purpose cleaner. So the floor, the floor gets a little clean, you know. Um, yeah. But all the workers had to, like, put out, like, like the little signs that say, like, caution, like, slippery, when wet. For them. Yeah. For them. Yeah, Maybe exactly. They- Maybe they the floor needed a little clean. <laughs> um, luckily, they didn't charge me for it. They just, like, hurriedly nice. went around and, like, cleaned it and everything. But that was definitely embarrassing but i think it was over quickly yeah i mean something like that happened um but luckily no one was there um so i used to work night shifts at a like a petrol station with like a um like a little store like a supermarket attached to it uh-huh. and on one of my night only on the night shifts like i would like like restock the shelves and stuff like that and like clean and you know like pretty like menial tasks, but like I didn't actually, you know, mind working nights. Um, because I would just usually put like an audiobook on and just like mind my own business. And we didn't get many customers, they were always being served through a window as well. So it's like, you know, it wasn't terrible. Um, but I um was restocking some olive oil. And I don't know if you have them in America, but there's like these like this brand, it has like these green balls that can like um they kind of dip in and splay out again at the top. Um, it's, I think it's like called like uh, anyway, I can't, it's not relevant. Um, <laughs> um, but basically, this really heavy bottle of olive oil, like I dropped it and it smashed on the floor. And this was at like my shift ended at six in the morning, this was like at maybe like five in the morning. And towards the end of the shift is when I had to like start doing a lot of like, like closing up jobs, like catching up and. All that kind of stuff. So I had like a bunch of things I had to do. And I was like, oh, fuck. And 
So like, and oil is hard to clean at the best of times, but like when all you have is really shitty, like we didn't have like amazing cleaning products on hand. I obviously had like these like anti-back wipes and stuff like that. So I was just there with like blue roll trying to sop up all this olive oil and like the floor was like really slippery. Yeah, I bet. And, and like every time I cleaned, like it kept like, the cleaning products had like chemical reactions with the olive oil. So like it started like doing weird things. Like, and I just kept making a bigger mess. And I was like, oh my Lord, like, what am I going to do? And at this point I was like, right, I need to like start cashing up. I need to like open the store for like the morning trade and like the morning staff and whatever. I was like, I'm running out of time here, honeys. Um, The bit that was kind of embarrassing about it. So I did manage to clean it up in time, but, um, I had to, like, let the person know on the monitor. I was like, oh, hey, just so you know that this aisle's slippy. Um, like, an olive oil bottle just smashed randomly. <laughs> um, I've cleaned it the best I can, but you might want to give it, like, a little mop over again. But, like, <laughs> they were, like, and they were, like, asking those questions, like, what? How did it smash? That's so weird. Like, was yeah. the shelf people? And I was like, they were, like, did anyone else smash? And I was like... No, it was just this one thing of all of I was like trying to like play it cool as much as I could. Bear in mind, there was CCTV. So if they looked back yeah. at the unit, I was just like, they don't need to know that this was me. But you know what? Even though I was alone at that time, it was just like, I felt embarrassed. I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be way harder to clean up than all purpose cleaner. It, w- it was like, because the glass as well smashed a load. So I had like, so I had to like clean the glass up first before the olive oil. So like, and I'd already taken like the trash out at that point as well. Um, because like that's like one of the things you had to do every night shift. It was just it was a whole thing. This oh my is, god. This is over a year ago now, actually, because I've not worked there for quite some time. But like um I left shortly thereafter and I was like, you know what? But like because it's like my, my local store now, I don't know what done that aisle, I just get a little flashback. And I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so funny if they like pulled up the security footage and they were like we caught you on 40 (laughs) (laughs) to be fair knowing the manager of that location as well like i would not have been surprised if she did that i was like right that seven pounds come out of your paycheck and i'm like you know what hun it's all right do it (laughs) (laughs) um i have one more embarrassing story i'm gonna tell um coincidentally not coincidentally this was also on a night out um (laughs) I was at a bar with some friends and I separated from my friends to go get a drink at the bar and it's super like packed and crowded in there. And so I was like, I was ordering a drink and the guy next to me like struck up the conversation with me and he was really cute. And I really liked talking to him and everything. And he was also getting some drinks and he ordered before me and he got two beers And so he got his drinks and he was like, well, it was like really nice talking to you, like, and whatever. And I was like, yeah, it was really nice talking to you too. He picks up his beers, one in each hand, and he's trying to, since it's so crowded, he was like trying to get around me. And so if you can just picture like someone holding a beer in each hand, like arms kind of spread and up, like when they're in a crowd trying to get around people. Yeah. Well, I thought... He was trying to hug me, like hug me goodbye. And so I I thought like, okay, this is like kind of weird. I don't even know him, but I guess we did just have like 
kind of a long, like nice conversation. And so I was like, oh, okay, bye. And like, I hugged him and then he just left. And I went through the night, like normal, like not even realizing what happened. And then at the very end of the night, I was like, it dawned on me. I was like, oh my God, he was just trying to get around me. This guy, I don't even know. And I hugged him. (laughs) My soul would have left my body. He must have thought I was so weird, like a freak. It was. He went back to his friend that he bought the beer from. And was like, yeah, this random girl just hugged me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Like, I'm kind of glad that I didn't realize till later when he wasn't there. And at least you could enjoy your night before. Yes, yeah. before I realized, but I will never forget that. And if you, I feel like that's something like. Of course, I would mistake something like that for a hug. But if that's ever happened to you before, you have to DM us and let us know. Because I feel like I have to know if I'm not alone in this. Well, like, it's funny you brought this up. Because when I was looking at our notes, I have, like, a very... Well, not a very similar story, but I have, like, a similar story. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, I remember one time when I was in high school. um, So, just remember, like, in British schools, we all wear uniforms. So really, if someone's, like, behind you, you can't really, like, tell, like, them apart as well, maybe. So if someone looks, like, has, like, a similar hair color and hair length, someone that, that you know, especially if they're a girl, and, like, they have, like, a, like, no, basically, if they are roughly similar to someone you know, you could easily mistake them from behind. So I went to school with my sister, obviously. She was two years older than me. And... Where she usually hung out, because, like, everyone had, like, bits of school they hung out in, where she usually would be, like, there was some girl there. And I went up and, like, hugged this girl from behind. I was like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Like, you know, because, like, we were very close, even in school. Um, It was not my sister. (laughs) It was some random girl who looked at me and was like, what the fuck? Who are you? And I was like... I'm so sorry. I will be jumping off the highest point of the school now. Thank you very much. Sorry. For oh my God. But like, I wanted the world to end there and then. And like, yeah, that was just because, like, as well, the thing that gets me is, is like, not only have I just embarrassed myself by like hugging this person randomly, but also like, I probably kind of embarrassed them as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, being randomly hugged. Like, they probably, she probably felt really awkward, this poor girl. Wherever <laughs> you are now, I'm very sorry. <laughs> but, like, I actually, um, as I got older as well, another thing kind of similar to that happened. Uh huh. Um, but this one's even worse. So, as Cherish knows, I wear glasses. Um, I don't need them to like function in everyday life, but like, I need them to like see things far away, but um, you know, I'm not to the point like if I'm not like them on on Scooby Doo, like if I have my glasses and like touching the floor trying to find them, like I can still see, but like the finer details of someone's face or someone's further away, like I won't be able to distinguish them as well unless it's someone that I really know. So when I worked in London earlier this year, I worked in an office building where there was like around thirty or forty different like companies of varying sizes and projects, whatever going on. So people were in and out of this building all the time in central London. And I sat opposite a guy called Matt from Australia. Really nice guy. Um, really sweet. He's moved back to Australia now. If he's listening to this, I hope you're doing well, hon. Um, 
like we would always like just like banter with each other and whatever like it was like we had that sort of like working relationship where we just constantly joke and i had come downstairs into the 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 foyer of the office to like i must i was walking back in actually and i just got my lunch or something like that and i walked past a guy who had similar builds similar hair color and like facial hair and whatever to him and as the, this guy walked past, I was like, oh, hey. I was like, I think it said like, good day, mate, or something like that, because he was Australian. But like, <laughs> I would have said something like, kind of cringe, but like, you know, something you'd say to your friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was I like, really enthusiastic, because I was in a good mood that day. I like, we'd been talking all day, like, having a laugh and whatever. But like, also, just as a sidebar, all straight guys wear to work is like pale blue shirts, pale pink shirts, and white shirts and ties. That's all they were. So, like, you're not making it easy for me as someone who, like, without my glasses is just hoping for the best. hmm And this guy speaks to me with the broadest Scottish accent and was like, do I know you? And I was just like... <laughs> oh, my no. God. <laughs> I was like, no, you don't, sir. I'm very sorry. I'm just going to... Um, I'm going to lie down in front of a black cab now and just let it take me away. Oh my god, that's but kind of a classic. Both actions, though. Like I said, I hugged that girl and said "Good day, mate" to this guy with so much confidence in myself. I had so much conviction. <laughs> and and it, yeah, that's that's a classic one. Like I thought you were gonna talk about waving to someone and then noticing that they're waving to someone behind you because that I feel oh, like I do that all the time. Yeah, that happens to everyone, I think. But that that is way worse. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. And I felt really stupid. <laughs> but you know what? We live, laugh, and love. Yeah. Well, at least we try to. Exactly. So now that we've kind of winded down just a handful of our embarrassing moments, I have personally a plethora that I could spend hours talking about. Um, yeah, seriously, we'll probably will do a part two on this. Um, so now is the part of the show where we read out an ick from one of our listeners. This listener is a friend of mine from high school, Megan. I hope that she doesn't mind me using her name. I will confirm with her after this. I'm sure it's fine. Um, But her ick is something that I am excited to share because it may cause controversy with our European listeners. Oh, Um, okay. Yes. This ick is guys who wear skinny jeans with tennis shoes. What the hell? That's so random. (laughs) Adam, I knew you would respond that way. But this is like not really a look as much in the u.s like i like when i say tennis shoes i mean like running shoes like not like casual like vans or converse or anything like that like actual running shoes like trainers we would yeah call them. trainers yeah um and i actually totally <laughs> i'm with her on this ick it is just like I feel like it's just so dorky. I feel like like dads dress like that here in the US. And in the UK, that is like the uniform of the straight man. Like that is just 
what everyone wears. And I even remember like expanding on that. My ex who was British, um, he wouldn't really wear trainers with his skinny jeans, but where he would wear these super tight skinny jeans with like Adam loves, Adam loves this word, lemon pepper steppers. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't know what lemon pepper steppers are, they're like church shoes, like, or like boat shoes or like dress shoes. You're going to have to Google it because I have to Google it when I learn about lemon pepper steppers. <laughs> and we'll post a picture too on our Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't say I share that ick, but, and I will say this, there is a sort of current on like UK Twitter not necessarily about skinny jeans, but like super skinny, like spray on jeans. <laughs> that like that is kind of like well, that is an ick here as well. Cause like you you cherish is right, like straight guys here, there is a certain look to a certain kind of straight guy. Um I hate to break it to all y'all, um, American viewers, but um if you enjoy Love Island UK, because it is the best Love Island, yeah, um is. All the guys on Love Island UK dress this way when they're not sitting around by a pool. Like, the look is usually, like, actually, think about it. They were really tight clothes. Yeah, they're, like, bursting out of them. Yeah, like, honestly, one fell move and they've hulked out of the clothes. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't say that that would give... mm, You see it a lot more. So it's, like, normalized to you. I don't think it gives me the ick so much as like it's not what i find attractive but like it is so much more normal to see that here yeah exactly and that's why i thought it was funny to bring up because it shows like kind of a cultural difference between x as well yeah i guess so um well i suppose it definitely is because like again i know that there's people like me who probably would say i don't find that look particularly attractive but i wouldn't call it an ick like i don't have a visceral reaction to it yeah (laughs) that's so funny although if i was dating a guy and he had like the spray on skinny jeans i might just get lost in the wash (laughs) yeah i know um i was very tempted when i was dating my ex but i realized like i want to respect his culture you know (laughs) let him wear his traditional garb (laughs) (laughs) i think and like i feel like most people agree with me on this I think men just look the best when they're in a suit. Yeah, it, it depends for me. I mean, I know that not everyone's going to wear a suit every day. And to be honest, if you don't look good in a suit as a guy, I'm sorry, but you really have just, like, lost. Yeah. You've, like, you've lost in life. I'm sorry, but you have. But when a man looks good in a suit, like, just a well-tailored suit, like, that to me is the most attractive look on a man. Yes. Because I find that most sort of men's fashion one way or another is kind of stupid yeah i agree and i think well tailored is the phrase that really matters and i think a lot of guys i don't know if it's i feel like in the uk people pay attention more to the tailoring of their clothes but here at least in fucking bumfuck idaho um (laughs) it's hard to find a guy who's in a suit who that actually fits them (laughs) I think the thing here, it might partially be the fact that we start wearing, like, basically suits in school. Because, like, a yeah. school uniform is, like, 
I mean, the pants and the blazer don't match, but it's basically you wear a suit to school pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that kind of um, has some maybe impact on it. But um, see, this thing, like, I haven't worn like male assigned clothing in my adult life really, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like, women's clothing, like, it's a whole other conversation about how it fluctuates so much from place to place, like, dress sizes. Yes. But generally speaking, it's easier to shop women's sizes because they're just numbers. Mm-hmm. But, like, with suits, like, they measure, like, the collar and, like, the waist of the pants and stuff like that. And, like, men need to know all those measurements when they're finding the clothes. And, like, it's not hard to know those things, but men can't remember to put the seat down after they piss. <laughs> so expect them to remember that they've got, like, size 34-inch waist pants 32 inch leg or whatever like you know we can't we can't ask men for the world when they can't really give us a grain of sand true <laughs> true um you know i'm just trying to get them to wash their ass crap at this point yeah let's start there how about yeah <laughs> basic hygiene wash your hands <laughs> after you go to the toilet yeah seriously um anyway thank you megan for that submission Oh, I love this it's little segment. Conversation. Yes, it, it is. Um, Adam, would you like to do the outro for this episode? I shall do the outro. So thank you very much for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, remember, rate us on Spotify if you've enjoyed this podcast. That really helps us. Also, you can find us at The Ick Patrol on Instagram and the it patrol pod at gmail no. <laughs> oh, so close. just the it patrol at gmail.com yes i got, I got go. a bit excited there guys i'm sorry but yeah the it <laughs> patrol on instagram and the it patrol at gmail.com message us any of your icks we're still waiting on some input on charity's dilemma from last episode if you haven't you don't know what we're talking about check out the last episode about cheating and you'll find out if you need to know yeah Thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.